Finnovate showcases cutting-edge banking and financial technology through a global conference series featuring short-form demos and thought leadership. Now, the conversation continues on the Finnovate podcast. Hello and welcome to the Finnovate podcast. Joining me today, we have Alex Castro, CEO of M Corp and author of the book, Measure, Execute, Win. We're going to be talking today about executing on innovative ideas. Alex, thank you so much for joining me. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So to kick things off, can you give us a little bit of a background on where you're coming from and your perspective, both as the CEO of M Corp and as the author of the book? Absolutely. You know, uh, we've seen over the last probably 10 years, a a great surge in uh, innovation and ideas that can really help grow industries and companies. And all too often, those ideas fall to the wayside during the execution process. And that gap between idea or strategy and execution still remains the largest roadblock, in essence, for these great ideas to uh, get to market. So, We've analyzed that issue and we have uh, some very deliberate uh, methods and, and products, you know, in, in the sense of how to resolve that gap so that more ideas can be more successful. Cool. Yeah. So we're going to really explore this gap between strategy and execution. And I think it's something that everyone and all sides of fintech has struggled with, has experienced. Can you kick us off by starting at a really high level and talking about how you view the challenges that we face there? I mean, obviously, there are a lot of places where a strategy can run into problems when it's time to execute. And we should look at some of those areas before we begin talking about strategies to overcome them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that, you know, there are fundamentals here, right? Is that if you're a leader and you're listening to this, a decision maker, you have to really consider yourself to be the banker of the business in some way, right? They're they're coming to you in essence, asking for money to, to do something uh, that will help uh, meet the strategy. And while in the banking space, we use credit scores to balance the equation because you have, you know, in today's world, the business case, you have the financials, and then you have uh, really gut instinct that's driving a lot of those decisions. What we offer, you know, for consideration is you need to start to really measure uh, where the gaps in execution capability exist rather than just gutting it out and resolving those prior to engaging your process. You know, we, we had uh, one of the largest um, financial institutions in the US leverage this to modernize their actuarial process. And they wound up delivering a modernized actuary system, which I don't know if anybody's dealt with actuaries, but incredibly, incredibly intelligent people who process in a certain way. That system was was able, that back office was able to be modernized in about half the time at two thirds the cost. And it's because they got rid of those obstacles up front. They, they stripped out their bias on what they thought they knew they could do and how it would work, measured where those blind spots were, saw them, corrected them. And because of that, they had acceleration to market. Um, and that's really what we talk about quite a bit. That's the, that's the focus of, of a lot of our energy. 
Yeah, I know. Really interesting. And I think, again, this is probably pieces that a lot of people who are listening can identify with. Um, I, I like the idea of kind of the, the follow through credit score. You know, are you going to be able to actually complete this project? Are you going to be able to mm -hmm. return the investment, which is something mm -hmm. which I think a lot of people um, like to think that they have an answer for, but don't necessarily put in the work to be confident in that kind of follow through credit score. Can you talk a little bit about that and about what you need to do to really be uh, to kind of sniff out where those pitfalls come from and, and make sure that you're taking the steps necessary that you can get a good answer? there that you have a really you can proceed with confidence that yes if we go down this path we're going to be able to recoup what we paid and then some yeah for, for sure i mean the thing that i think everybody feels today is that um number one we've really entered into the space of data-driven decision making and people want they've adopted that uh, wholeheartedly and the, the most difficult part of that is really changing how we behave in that context and so where it comes in terms of strategy selection, initiative selection, has to also come into play, how do we measure our capabilities against the idea? And then in understanding where we have vulnerabilities or blind spots, how much is it gonna to take to correct those issues? How long is it gonna take? How much money is it gonna cost? And once we've done that sort of assessment, uh, are we still within the window that we need in order to, to roll out this idea or strategy. And the challenge that exists in this, you know, kind of COVID economy is that there just isn't that time anymore. You know, we've, you know, one of the, one of the fallouts of the, the 2020 crisis um, is that, you know, content offerings, products, applications are, you know, came at us very, very quickly you know, in, in getting groceries to your door or being able to do things virtually. Yeah, now our expectation lives in that space permanently. And so customers really are not, and, and partners are not tolerant when you don't, you know, deliver with precision. And there just isn't that recovery time in market anymore. And so you have to understand where the blind spots are. You have to understand how to correct them. And you have to be able to understand that content in days, you know, where typically something like that would take three weeks, three months, and you'd sit and you'd run assessments. You need to be able to see where am I vulnerable? Where am I blind to, to certain areas of capability? How is it going to be corrected? And once you understand those elements, the level of confidence in moving forward really, really uh, increases exponentially because now you have sure. more domain over what you want to do rather than just yeah. waiting for the shoe to drop. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, and I think one piece I actually have a question on too is talk to me about the team that it takes in order to do this, because what you're talking about is slightly different, I think, from a lot of the ways that people who are studying you, should I undertake this project, is not necessarily how they're thinking about it. But can you also speak to the team that you have to have in order to be successful here? Because I think a lot of people, you know, we were kind of talking about this before we pushed record, that sometimes the staff that you have was designed to do a specific job, not necessarily to kind of look beyond the parameters how do you build a team that can really do this well, that can kind of uncover those blind spots? Yeah, for sure. I mean, number one, I th the thing that, that I encounter quite a bit, regardless of industry, is this assumption by uh, the leadership team, and I'm not picking on the leaders, but it's just more it's the assumption by the leadership team, 
is that because we've hired well, because we have good people process and technology, that that should be adaptable to the next generation. And that's simply... That's a that's an actual sort of uh, prorated factor in some ways, right? If if the next initiative that you are doing is not a very aggressive move in the next iteration of your business, I would say that that statement is fairly accurate. Today's market is expecting a lot of us, and oftentimes we're putting strategies and ideas to the test that are quite aggressive in terms of what we want to do in the next generation. And because of that aggressiveness, the overlap between what that future state is in terms of capability and need and what our current people process and technology can do, that's where the gaps in execution capability come from. Because the misinterpretation is that the current people process and technology is adaptable to the next iteration and simply is just not. And you need to know where those gaps happen. You know, it's like stretching a sweater, like the fabric begins to pull. And there are some areas that are just going to have larger gaps than others, right? And so by analyzing that, by using, in essence, a tool to do that, you can get that assessment uh, in days, rather than in weeks or months. And once you have the data, now you have something to anchor to and you can act on rather than sort of playing, you know, in essence, whack-a-mole looking for, you know, where is the, where is the problem and, and having and being armed with that content allows you then to make a better decision, better planning, uh, correcting issues before you get into your execution, uh, process. And once you're in execution, now you're delivering, you know, up to twice as fast at about two thirds the cost. Um, without that, that's where you get into that, you know, 80%, you know, sort of hybrid failure rate or, um, you know, diminished return rate. Um, and that's, that's really what truly needs to be corrected in the industry is the ability to have more ideas, more strategies, actually make it into the outcome space to really drive growth, drive opportunity, um, and realize the potential for, for your business. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you put it like that, it, it sounds very common sense, right? It sounds like things which I think we all sort of intrinsically know, but it's difficult to keep a lot of these pieces in mind when you're faced with a new challenge. You know, and and I think the other side of the equation too is there's a lot of downward pressure on trying something new. There's a lot of reasons not to try something, and and mm-hmm. we all know that that's not a path to success. And especially we're in a moment right now where it's uh, if you're in the banking industry, if you're in the financial industry, you really need to be driving forward from a technological standpoint, or else you run the very real risk of being completely put out of business by those who do. And so I guess the question is, how do you balance this, these two sides of the equation here? Because on the one hand, you know, you need to innovate, you need to update processes. On the other hand, you know, you can't uh, move too quickly. You need to figure out what your roadmap is going to be, where those potential pitfalls are going to come from. Do you have any tips on how to find that balance and make sure that you are able to, you know, still move forward, but just do so in a more intelligent and strategic way? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, you know, it's a kind of a two-part answer. One, again, I, I go back to the fact that you need to be your business's banker, right? You need to look at what is the case study or what is the business case of somebody who wants to do something? What are the what is the pro forma? What does the financial upside look like? And then going in and measuring, actually measuring execution uh, alignment to the idea and understanding is the gap reasonable or is it just simply too 
much and and then making better decisions based on that. So that, that's that's sort of part one. But then let's also break it down between, you know, let's say that you are a banker and you need to make a decision and or you are a, uh, you know, a, a sort of a fintech uh uh, service or product offering that you're trying to approach and say, look, we could be a great partner for you. So let's look at it from the banker context, right? Is that you want to mitigate as much risk as possible. Right? You don't want to go out there and say, hey, we're going to do this innovation. We're going to drive this new strategy and only to have it fall flat, right? There's a lot of consequence associated to that. Uh, you don't like that kind of risk profile. And so by measuring execution capability to idea, it allows you to do that corrective action work prior to engaging the execution of the idea. That helps you mitigate a tremendous amount of risk. And again, you can deliver up to twice as fast at two thirds the cost. If you're on the, on the vendor side, if you're, if you're out there delivering uh, or looking to talk to customers about solutions, helping them get disentrenched from that fear one of the things that you can approach them with is said, look, let's run, let's take two, three days, four days, and we're going to run this virtualized assessment on execution capability gap. And we're going to pinpoint how viable is this alternative? Because as a vendor, you want to become a partner and you can't be a partner if the things that you've brought to the client are not delivering on the promise. And the client you know, doesn't want to invest in risk. And so as a result, by helping them see where the vulnerabilities are, working collaboratively together to resolve them, and then bringing in the solution set, which now is going to be delivered, you know, virtually, you know, to the commitment. Now you start to establish that partnership component. So now it's really about lifting that cloud of risk out of the strategy pool to really understand what is viable, what is not, what are you ready to do? What are you ready not to do? What's it going to take to correct that? And it's something, again, that can be done in days rather than weeks or months, and it's not opinion-based. So it helps you neutralize that a little bit. It's like, you know, think about it as the credit score for strategy, right? It, It allows you to really neutralize that sentiment um, and focus on viability. Yeah, no, it's really interesting to think about. And obviously part of the challenge is obviously understanding where those pitfalls come from. I think another piece, which you've just kind of touched on there is being able to communicate around those in an objective Mm -hmm. and clear way to anybody that you're trying to bring with you on the journey, whether it's a partner, whether it's somebody internal, you know, whether it's customers, there needs to be this ability to clearly communicate. Here's what's going to happen. Here are the expectations, which uh, we can all agree on. Here's where we think we might need to spend some time. And, And I think People who are able to do this, innovators who are able to do this will have an easier time reaching out to their banking partners or potential Mm -hmm. banking customers to Mm -hmm. make those sales. If you're on the bank side of it, you probably have to bring a lot of people on the board. You know, there's going to be various oversight groups who are you're going to have to really lobby internally. And and this is, I think, a way to do that, which is objective, which is fact-based. And I think that's just a a massive advantage. Um, I think we've got time for one question left. Um, And and what I want to end, because we obviously have a lot of listeners on sort of the early stage company side and a lot on kind of the more established company side. Can you talk just briefly about, you know, who has the advantage there? Is it easier to do this if you're a small, nimble startup? Is it easier to do this if you're a huge company with amazing resources? What's the trade-off there? You know, that's a great question. Um, I think that let's let's start on the on the startup side and on the you know sort of the industry side. 
really you want to be able to communicate with a customer in a way and it, that really n- negates a lot of their fear, right? Because, you know, they may be very excited about what you're doing, the idea of what you're doing, but they want to know that if they enter into this commitment with you, that they can, they can see it through, that they can go back with mm-hmm. their, you know, chins up and say, Hey, look what I did. Right. And so having, having the ability to, to partner with them early on, you know, as I mentioned, to help them measure out where the vulnerabilities exist, talk openly with them about them uh, is actually the the best path. Because the last thing you want to do as a, as a small vendor is go into a bank, regardless of scale, you know, talk about how great, you know, the, the product or the service or the offering you have is only for it to fall flat on its face for things that have nothing to do with you. Because you may be 100% accurate, but if the customer is not optimally positioned to be able to implement what you are bringing to them, you know, the stain of failure comes to you regardless. It's, you know, it's not, uh, you know, it's not, it doesn't have, you know, it's like a W or an L, you know, there's no asterisk on there, right? Um, From the large entity side, right, you want to, you know, there are very few companies in this world that can muscle their way through a struggling idea, you know, let's say top 10% of the S and P 500, they can throw resources at it and just push it through for the rest of us. We need to be more precise and the tolerance level for decisions that didn't necessarily work out is getting lower and lower and lower. And, and so from the, from the banking side, it's really being able to do that metric in a matter, again, in a matter of days internally, especially if you're considering multiple strategic initiatives, want to know which one is really the best to move forward on, not from an idea perspective, but from an execution content, being able to score that quickly, be able to really understand how long is it going to take you to correct that? Do you have the wherewithal to do that? That is what will help in the decision-making process. And, you know, and if you're, again, if you're doing jointly with a, with a, with a vendor partner, even better, right? Because now it's yeah. open book and everybody's working to the same end. So that, you know, I, I think that would be my my leave behind in that context. Yeah, yeah well, and we do have to leave it there. Obviously, you, you've given us a lot to think about. Um, the, the book is called Measure, Execute, Win. We've been talking with Alex Castro, CEO of MCorp. Alex, thanks again for sharing your thoughts with us. It's been very enlightening. All right. I appreciate it so much. And, uh, you know, good luck to everybody who's listening. And um, yeah, if you have any questions, just reach out to us over the web. The Finnovate podcast is produced by Informa Connect in association with Provoke.fm Media. Check out Finnovate.com for information on Finnovate's upcoming shows and to learn how you can get involved. The discount code Finnovate Podcast will save you 20% on tickets to all of our events. And you can email us at info at for information on sponsoring, speaking, or demoing. Thanks for listening. 